Happy New Year, guys. Welcome to the first show of 2018. It's the Original Judo Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Great to be back in the new year. Today, we're introducing someone I hope is going to be a new co-host of the show. Um, We'll try and get him on quite regularly. And we're going to do a little bit of a recap of the year. So I hope you enjoy it. As ever, if you can get over the delay between recording and me putting this out, and also the dodgy sound quality, um, yeah, enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. We've got a bit of a special show today. We've reached the end of uh, the year, or certainly it's just before Christmas. Um, so we're going to be chatting briefly about some of the highlights of the year. Um, but also it's going to be an opportunity for me to introduce someone who I hope is going to be a big part, I guess, in the podcast going forward. So um, co-hosting today, I'm, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast. He's a guy with a wealth of experience in martial arts. Now, I hope I've not made too much of this up. Um, I know he's been a member of both junior and senior British squads. Way back in the millennium, I think he was British Sambo champion. And I also believe he's got a pro MMA record of 3-0-2. Oh, um, I guess most importantly, he's super passionate about judo. So, new co-host of the show, it's uh, Chris Millward. Hiya, Chris, how you doing? Well, um, great, thanks after that introduction. I wasn't expecting half of that. Um, and which was true? Some of it was some of it was true. Um, it was close on the MMA record. I think probably might be like that on Sherdog, but I know I had more fights than that. Um, it was sort of such a blurred line between pro and okay. amateur back in the day, really. Um, it was just a number and number of fights, but ultimately there were there were two draws on the records. There were no losses and more wins. Um, but it was just a wholly wholly different sport back. Back then, when you could, you know, you could uh, get by from being good in one area of, of the sport and, and useless in, in <laughs> others, really, you know, like could punch like a thunderbird, and it was kind of it didn't really matter. It's, uh, so that was a, a long, long, a long, long time ago, and for those days that I'm uh, better off forgetting, I think. But no, thank you very much. And um, the Sambo stuff, I think. Um, Five times British. Oh wow! Title holder in in, in, in Sambo. Um, I fought a couple of weights on Eng Gay and stuff like that. Fantastic. So it was kind of just um, it was just all mat time at the at that time in my in my life really. So yeah, but thank you very <laughs> much. Very um, well, look, thanks for coming on the podcast and it like um, being interesting, kind of getting involved. Um, I guess it'd be great to talk a little bit about some of your ideas in, in, in a bit later on. But first off, it might be great if you could kind of just tell us how you got started in judo and then maybe um, some of the highlights of your career in judo. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, in terms of getting started, I started when I was um, six years of age. Um, and I suppose like many school children were getting what you felt was being bullied at that age um, or getting picked on. Um, and my mum felt she needed to do something about it to, to encourage me to be more more assertive, really. Um, and took me down to the local judo club, which was um, a judo club in Manchester, okay. um, which was called Salton Judo Club. Um, and the coach there um, was very um, 
would say, quite traditionalist. And it's really interesting because when I was listening to Richard's uh, podcast previously, the, the coach, um, Otaka, the, who, who was yeah. his coach, um, was actually the, the coach of my first um, oh, judo coach. Um, so it's quite it's quite interesting, really, that the that traditional, um, quite methodical and um, very Japanese look on the world was um, was my coach's first. Um, sorry, it was my first coaching uh, experience of judo. Really. So I think for me, that was uh, how I got into judo. Um, but it was just kind of that once, twice a week, and just really enjoyed it um, until we moved. We, we moved um, house when I was about ten years of age, um, and I, the town I moved to was a town called Lee. Um, and my, the judo club, the local judo club, was. Um, AJ Lee Judo Club, um, and it was actually a judo and wrestling okay. club. It produced five junior world, five junior world champions um, for wow. wrestling. Um, really, the coach um, was Alan Jones, um, who was he's obviously previously Welsh um, national judo coach and the Welsh national wrestling coach at this present time. So I was kind of blessed, really, that we by luck moved to a, a town where it had a good pedigree for sports like judo and yeah. wrestling really awesome so that's kind of where, where I was um, did, did the bulk of my judo and kind of you know grew more into actually enjoying judo for sport and for competing and um, things like that really. cool. so what, what what kind of been the highlights of your your life in judo well um, I suppose there are a number of, uh, of different um, aspects really um, and it was something uh, for me. I don't ever feel I reached reached my potential, um, but I, I also feel I had some opportunities that I didn't take. And, and for me, um, you know, having re- received some some medals within the within the junior events, um, within the junior trials, uh, fifth place at the um, senior trials, and having those speaking with a, a friend on. Um, messenger the other day kind of having had 11 fights uh, one year at 73 kilos and still not getting into the <laughs> final pool um you know it's kind of like wow when you compare that to the the trials that have just gone on um pre you know this, this past past weekend um you know it's kind of a where, they, where have all the men yeah. gone really yeah you know so in terms of competitive highlights not you know not not too many if, I, if i'm honest um was offered a, a scholarship at, at, at Bishop Abbey when that first first opened, um, and I'd, I accepted that, and then ultimately turned it down. Kind of the day the day before I was meant to go, um, and ultimately at that stage, probably twenty twenty one years of age, um, recognised that if I wasn't going to go full time, I wasn't going to be an, an elite judoka really. Um, so take my career and you know my life away from judo elsewhere and kind of realize at that point that you you know it's had so much influence on your life and it's hard yeah. to walk away from on on your own terms but kind of felt I was able to do that five six years later um a much different weight category than 63 kilos and just kind of came back and competed at under 100s and under 90s just oh, fun really I do I do remember coming up against you in uh, one British Championships, and you clouting me round the head with um, 
I don't know. I've never come off it before, but you you definitely clapped me around the head before diving for my legs or something like that. And it came massively by surprise. <laughs> massive, massive shock. My hands were chasing after your arm up in the air, and you were diving at my feet. It was um, it was it was good. It was a good fight. Groveling, I think you could also call it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've uh, I've been lucky enough to 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 fight or train with quite a few of the people on the podcast and I can say I can I can definitely remember the fight with yourself it was an experience you, you gave me a bit of a shoe in so um, I I enjoyed that so it's good that's my style of fighting I mean I, I'm, I'm just trying to re- I, I do remember the match James. you know when you kind of is, is my you know because you're obviously a massively elite judo current kind of Olympian and you kind of um, you know, look, look back on on matches like that, and I think it wasn't a million miles away from it. You know, and it's kind of um, kind of quite nice to to experience and hear what you hear what you're saying there. So thanks no, very much. Really. The one that stands out in my mind definitely as uh, something that took, I definitely learned things from. Um, so, so what what are you doing now? How are you? Are you still involved in judo? What's where are you going? Um, sorry about that. Right. Um, got something to say? In terms of being involved in, I know, I know, involved in judo, not really. I am an honor, kind of a, a, a critical friend of judo, really. Um, it's, I was I was helping out with um, England um, exertions um, locally within within the area. Um, and it kind of became difficult for me to, to continue that. I think the political ar- arena just kind of makes within judo at times just can become overpowering and you just think no you know it's kind of isn't what judo is about for me um but along a similar time frame really i was still able to keep with judo but then obviously um as you're aware one of my good friends is um niger donahue and and kind of when he performs director's job um it makes makes it um difficult for me to kind of keep within judo and have a a real proactive voice within judo and kind of help coaching and encouraging athletes um because at times your views are going to conflict against your mate's views and actually judo for me um isn't my livelihood it's, it's something for fun and something that i want to uh, get enjoyment from um so it was kind of a real conscious decision to take a take a back seat and enjoy it and kind of be as supportive as um as i come to a close friend really I think I think that's I think that's interesting to hear you say that because I think it's um, if you look at the forums or you look at the the Facebook groups, it's clearly like really easy for for people to to slag off the the powers that be or the current um, yeah people in charge of the BJ or certainly people in charge of the performance side of the BJ and I guess it ties in with why I really one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast was that I just felt there wasn't enough kind of positivity going, going on. Um, like yeah, yeah. nothing, nothing positive was being said about the BJ and I feel that they're doing a lot of things right. I want to, I want, I'd like to hear people and, and some of the podcasts I've had before have had people on who have kind of said that they're not happy with the way things are going or they don't agree with some of the decisions I make. And I, I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to, let those people express their opinions. But at the same time, I don't want the podcast to have that kind of atmosphere where it's completely negative. I want to also highlight the 
the positive things that are going on and because I think there is a lot of good that the BJ are doing or they're, or they're trying a lot of positive things you know so absolutely. Um, absolutely yeah and and as well the other thing about the podcast is it's a way for me to keep in touch with um, people who I did judo with so I don't lose touch so I can still yeah. find out what's going on and what they're doing because I think similarly to you when you you walk, when I walked or kind of walked away from the sport I'm still coaching a little bit and turn out for a competition every now and then is it just leaves a massive kind of hole in your life doesn't it um yeah yeah all those hours need to get filled somehow yeah yeah definitely yeah tom tom reed i think a couple of weeks ago said something similar yeah you go from being in this kind of focused goal-driven world and all of a sudden that's kind of removed and you just have to find something else to do and but more than that you're away from your friends who you were with almost constantly and uh yeah so that's this is this there are a couple of the reasons why why we're doing that so you've kind of talked about getting involved with the show like and hosting and and you've got some great ideas for interviews what are the kind of thing what what kind of things do you want to do with the podcast why did you want to get involved well i think um for me uh i'm not a, a massive podcast listener mainly because um, I'm not too familiar if there was any judo podcasts out there. Um, and I recently listened to the uh, Raspberry Ape um, interview with Danny Williams, and I really, really enjoyed it. And it was kind of um, quite nice to hear Danny's Danny's views and Danny's perceptions, and actually, you know, put put judo across in in a way that is absolutely positive. And whether I agree or disagree with the, with his points, it's just the fact that um, the the, the sport of judo is, is promoted in a way that actually probably hasn't been a, a, um, accessed previously. Yeah. Um, and and I, then I heard your podcast and kind of your, your plea to, um, for, I suppose for a bit of support, but actually you're waiting for more more podcasts to be out there. And it was something that I felt that I'd like to contribute to, um, but not have ownership of really. And I think it's something that um, if there's any way, shape or form I can assist, um, you're in promoting the sport of judo and promoting it in a, in a way that actually traditionally we haven't really done. Um, then that, you know, I'm, I'm quite keen to do that. I'm quite keen to support in doing that. Um, you know, and I think it's uh, hopefully be something people will be interested in, in listening to really. Cool. Well, I certainly think so. And I certainly think like, I know that I, what I do is flawed, but there's nothing out there for judo. And I, I do think it's important that, there's there is this kind of thing you know because if you only go by what's on the the facebook groups or the forums then you you get a very distinct world view of what's happening in in certainly in british judo that yeah, i don't yeah. necessarily think is the case like not everything's going right but you know there are things that are they're doing really well um and it's it's yeah it's it's great just to chat to people and hear their opinions you know so um, I'd also like as well, though, if we could have a kind of regular chat. I find it quite difficult to kind of talk to myself on the shows and talk about kind of judo news. So it'd be great if I could get you involved maybe once a month about just chatting around what's been happening or what people have been chatting about um, in judo or the results, that kind of thing. I think that'd be quite interesting. No, that'd be good. I'd really um, like to take part in that, you know, and offer kind of a an insight in terms of kind of what we what we're coming across on the forums and um just kind of what's going on in in world judo generally really if that's uh if that's helpful to you because i think uh, you know 
as you say, people get a snapshot, and, and you know what? There's so much going on. You know, it's such a such a world sport now, um, and such a, a regular, almost weekly something is happening on in, within the judo world. And it's just so much to catch up on, and there's so much that you can miss. Um, and I think if there's any way that we can uh, kind of lasso that, bring that together in kind of a monthly reunion, you know, I'd, I'd be more than willing to help. With that in mind, um, we are at the end of the year, so it'd be great to kind of just chat over maybe some of the highlights for you of the year. I know I've got a couple in mind, but yeah, is there anything that stands out for you? Any kind of standout performances from British judo or international judo that you think? Yeah, I think I think for me, I think um, there are three three key points. Um, firstly, I think the continuing rise of um, Natalie Powell um, within within British judo and kind of world judo has been kind of um, really astounding. You know, I think Natalie, um, obviously pre-Rio, um, was was on the open and was doing absolutely wonderful. Um, but I think since Rio, that, that rise has continued um, to be very, very steady. She hit um, world rank number one in one, part, one moment, took a world bronze medal, um, and just this weekend at the Masters tournament, beat uh, world world champion, and I think just you know those um, that level of consistency from her, and that's what judo's about. I think now on the, with the, with the uh, world ranking list, it's about winning match after match, and yeah. contest after contest, and medal after medal. You know, and I think that that's where she's been able to really make some improvements. I think her her judo is is um, becoming more and more sophisticated. In terms of the the sassai that she did, I think it was against um, Steenhouse over in Abu Dhabi. Such a beautiful piece of judo, left against left, and then for her to 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 execute that such beautiful ashiwaza for a lovely score. Um, she looks so so physically dominating, which I don't think she has done against yeah. Steenhouse previously. And, I, and it was interesting. I listened to an interview with her afterwards and saying how she just finished a block of set endurance. And I thought it was really evident within that within that contest, and I think um, you know, real testament to the to the coaches and the, the personal coaches that really support her um, on a consistent basis. But also, all credit to her for um, keeping up that level of professionalism and the, the, the level of um, input and training that that she clearly clearly does on a regular basis. I mean, I think I think that is that is too that is true. Natalie's been absolutely phenomenal all year. She got she got the world bronze, and I think it's easy to forget as well that she also I think she got European bronze as well this year. Yes, yes, she did. She you did. Know. She did. Um, Just a so, minor medal, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. When you you're picking up, yeah, like world medals. But I think I think as well more than that. Like I was going to mention Natalie. I think Nakoda. Um, is probably the other standout performer for me. She's been so consistent over the year, and again, that that bronze medal performance in the worlds, um, particularly like with how kind of in control um, of the match she looked against Roper in the bronze medal fight, I thought was amazing. And 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 more than that, I think the British women have had a phenomenal year. We've had um, we finished the year with I think four athletes in the top 10 and then uh, and that was that would have been Nakoda, Natalie Alice Schlesinger Alice. 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, Amy Livesey, and then uh, Lucy, yeah. Lucy Renshaw was was number eleven. So eleven, yeah, yeah. I think, and you saw that in the number of women who went to the Masters at the weekend, or the number of women who qualified the Masters at the weekend. You know, it was just a. It's quite considerable, really. Um, you know, where you consider how many. Um, you know, when was the last time we got world medals? When was the last? When was the last time where we got medals in worlds and Europeans in the same year? Yeah. When was the last time we had multiple? World medals. Um, you know, we're, we're looking. Um, it was 2010. A, a 2010 was multi. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's a, you know, seven seven years. Um, it's quite a considerable length of time, really. And I think you know, you mentioned Nicola's match against um, Roper. I um, I think it was probably 2011. Um, I supported the England uh, junior um, girls team out to Turinga. Um, and Nakoda um, was within that within that group, um, and on the training camp there was um, Vakta and also Roper, who were the two 57 um, German athletes at the time. They came onto the training camp as, as established seniors, um, and I had a conversation with Miriam, and she was saying how you know she was in, impressed by Nakoda. She thought it was actually yeah. Tom Davis's. Um, she thought it was Tom Davis's sister. Um, right. And I was like, no, no, no. She was like, but she, uh, judo's really, really nice. She's she's explosive and powerful and quite dangerous. And and it was quite interesting. Kind of back then, Mir- Miriam had kind of identified her as um, you know a, a, a sound athlete. I don't think Nicole actually won a match um, in the tournament itself. Um, just just the way junior judo goes. Yeah. But she clearly has got some wonderful judo back in that stage. But I think what's happened is, is, is she's developed consistently in, in, into a strong young woman who's actually now at a stage where re- refined athletes are, such as Roper yeah. are kind of meeting her on the, on the decline now, not, not when she's on the way up. And it's kind of um, interesting to see that you, you raise that bronze, bronze medal match and just a just a, a number of years ago, actually, Nicole was on the same mat experiencing, and unbeknownst to her, Rope was paying her compliments and uh, yeah. you know making inquiries about her. So it kind of was lovely to see. Cool. I mean, the other one, the other guys who've had a great year, I think, are the juniors. I think we've um, we've had some brilliant results across junior Europeans and junior worlds this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, boys and and girls. So. You, Certainly, what what's happening with the centre, with with those guys, with that squad, is looks like it's working. I, again, I don't think there's been a year for, for for some time where we've had European, multiple European and world results. I think something's happening, right? Um, you know, year after year, junior Euro- Europeans, junior worlds, so medals coming in, not always from the same athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's got to mature into into senior judo, but that's going to take time. I think the 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 men, you know, the, the gap needs to to close. Um, but it was interesting with the European under twenty three medals that that were also pulled in this year. I think um, Kelly Stadden, Dan Powell, yeah. um, both 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 took medals at the under twenty threes, and it's kind of lovely indications. And I was watching the the trials. Um, in the under seventy three kilos with, with Ham and Powell um taking the gold and silver medals and what what was kinda of 
nice for me to see is that the the throwing Juno um, is is really kind of coming to the fore now, and I think um, you know I think there's improvements to be made. I think generally in terms of what I think is is lacking is that kind of real mature um, physicality, um, you know. But that can come, that can come, and the the resilience and the and the toughness can come along with that within the within the combat sport. And, and I think I agree with what Danny Williams has said previously that in terms of you know the male athletes within Great Britain can mature and have matured that little bit later. Um, but obviously. I think going forward, you'd like to see that happening much, much sooner in the careers, really. Again, I, th- I think the trials was a was an interesting tournament because you know the, the numbers weren't huge, but I also no. thought there was some absolutely brilliant judo. I thought um, I thought ninety kilos was as strong this year potentially as it's been for a very long time. Um, yes, yeah. You had maybe six or seven guys who have all got you know certainly continental open medals or you know they've got junior medals um and one one of the pool you, you saw two guys with continental open medals from this year who didn't even get out of the pool stage i, I know i know and that's um you know when you when you look at um fraser chamberlain as, a, as one of those as an example um you know just a couple of months ago competing against quack yeah. Um, going going to Golden School, um, and then for whatever reason, not being able to progress through the pools. I think I think it just echoes the, the strength that you're um, that you, you're indicating there, James. You know, it's kind of I don't yeah. know. It's it, it's. But you you talked about seventy threes as well, and I think that's another category. You know, where again we're particularly strong at the moment. Um, you know the two young boys coming through. Then you've you've still got Danny, who who's yeah. fighting. Um, Patrick Dawson's out with with injury, but he's still around. You know, and I think I, I think it's exciting. I think there is a lot of potential. Um, there's some nice judo about. I think there's some nice judo about. I think um, you know like Sam Harlow down at sixties. Yeah. Um, Jamal Jamal at kind of ninety kilos, and yeah, I think it was well. unfortunate um, with Fraser's match with with Jamal, which. Um, Ended in the hand soccer because I don't think ultimately it did either athlete any good really. Um, you know, both would have benefited from from the the match to come to its natural conclusion, um, whatever that looked like. And I think um, you know it's, it's unfortunate um, for the situation, but it's British Championships and the, the referees are going to apply the rules as they as they see fit, really. Yeah, and I think there's always going to be that complaint is how the the referees interpret the rules and how they apply them. And I think I have certainly been guilty in the past as a coach, potentially of berating uh, referees a little too liberally. I think yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's easy to forget that most of the time they guys are volunteering their time. You know, they they love judo just as much as everybody else and they're supporting the events. And if decisions aren't going your way or they're making decisions that, you know, you, you perceive as bad it, it's often it, it's easy to forget that they're doing it for the love of the sport they're not they're not out to get you if, do you know what I mean and again there are it's bad decisions it, it's just such a thankless task isn't it it's such yeah. a thankless task and you know the, the amount of hours that's spent to, you know and for what you know because it's as you say it, it is for the love of, love of the sport and I think um, 
you know, the, the refereeing systems in, in this country, I think, uh, probably has been undersupported for a number of years. Um, you know, and I think, as you as you say there, you know, they, they're doing it for the benefit of, of judo, really. Yeah. You know, and, and just 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 applying a set of rules at the at the end of the day, whether and how that gets interpreted, you know, it's kind of in the grand scheme of things, is it, is it massively important? Yeah, without the referees there, there wouldn't be the opportunities to compete, and I guarantee you, no one ever comes off the mat and goes, uh, "I'd really like to thank the referee for his performance in helping me win the the title." Um, <laughs> whilst we're on the trials, my my kind of last. One of my last highlights of of the year was I was really I really enjoyed watching the over hundreds. Um, it was only it was only it was only a small category. There was only the five guys in it, but I thought that I really thought the standard of judo um, was good this year. Um, great to see big big Andy Andy Melbourne win get his first title, um, but I do think that uh, Wesley Wesley Greenidge. He's as a junior athlete, his judo is phenomenal, and I think having like rivals who are big athletes in the category is only going to benefit someone like him as he as he comes through. I think I think the only way he will come through um, is if he continues to have those rivalries, the guys that are of the size uh, that's required for. World judo as a heavyweight, um, and that are actually real men in, in many ways. Because I think the the danger for young Wesley is that he's got some lovely judo, so explosive, um, but has he got the, the 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 infrastructure around him to continue to push him so that he can train at such a high level um, where that's able to then transition into international senior judo. And I think that's something that um, is a minor concern. I think I think for me because the Juno's there, um, and certainly for the future, he's, he's you know he's got the, the potential to to achieve, hasn't he? And I think you know the the likes of Andy Melbourne, who is clearly a big big guy, um, are only going to be a benefit to to Wesley in the in the longer term. But he's got some nice Juno for a, a guy of that size. Yeah, I, I think he's got some nice judo. I think as well he's got that kind of mix of, of I guess it's like a little bit of spite. So he can be, he can, he can fight as well when it calls for it. And I, I don't think you maybe saw that in him a couple of years ago. But I think as he's got a little bit older, I think as he's needed, he can, he can, he can fight and he can, he can bully people when he needs to. You know, and and sometimes he still makes mistakes. Um, because perhaps of his age, tactically, he wants to throw everybody. But I do think that, you know, we're starting to see more of, like, his potential. I think you need that needle. It's a combat sport, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and when, you, when your back's to the wall, you've, you've, you've got to be able to apply yourself. Um, and, you know, I've done some work previously with, with some coaches who would, you know, kind of describe it as use the elbow, you know, kind of. Sometimes yeah. you've got to be. Sometimes you've got to be tough. Sometimes you've got to do those things that, you know, aren't particularly pretty, but will take you through the contest. Um, my last one, my last highlight of of my year is um just my delight in uh, the dads in judo going forward. Um, so earlier in the year, speaking to 
Dan Kelly and his uh, dad's army he's, he's marching on in in the UFC you know he had a couple ups and downs couple of wins and losses this year but he's still going forward it was um, great to see Adam Hall you know another new dad get a medal at the trials albeit gold put him putting my nose out in the final well these things happen to, to a fellow <laughs> exactly <you> know? <laughs> um, and then Ashley as well Ashley McKenzie you know he's he's had a daughter this year, and again, I think it's exciting to. Well, you know what? Do you know what? I think I think fatherhood brings a whole new slant to the, <laughs> yeah. the world of judo. And going, you know, credit to credit to those guys who've got um, nippers out there who, who continue to stay on the mat. Because I tell you what, that's kind of knowing the task when you when there's um, young children, family life to balance, and also getting those training hours in. You know, it's certainly um, put put things into perspective. Definitely. How about yourself? Anything else that you thought stood out from this year? I think I think there is a there is a couple of aspects really. I think for me, you know, based based on the uh, on the forum, the the Brian Jacks thread, which oh, was um, yeah pretty pretty phenomenal, and and, and you know, uh, Godness knows how how it came up with the number of contributors, the number of comments, um, the quality of the comments, but also. The kind of I couldn't begin to count the number of Olympians, the number <laughs> of world medalists, the number of European medalists, the number of well-respected judoka who all had some level of contribution to it, and it was very, very much a, a Marmite five hundred um, comment, five hundred plus comment thread, really. <laughs> but I think um, you know Brian obviously has some level of agenda, I think, in in, in you know, promoting his, his book sales, um, but also the, the 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 comments that he made. I think he probably truly believes that you know he could get a, an Olympic um, medalist within a you know a few years following the Brian Jacks program. But also, I think the standout aspect on that thread was um, it's such a dignified manner that um, Neil Adams took in, in relation to. You know, clear, clearing a, a, a situation up from his own perspective, and and in a such a polite and respectful way, um, in order to redirect somebody and saying, Do you know what, I don't agree with what you're saying there, um, and I prefer if you you either didn't bring me into it or said it in a different way, because I think you know that respectful and re- relative way, that w- related way that was um, done by by Neil, um, certainly brought. A, a whole level of um, just class to the to the whole thread, really, um, where it was in a in a moment of being able to go off at massive, massive tangents and kind of with an air of um, misogyny and disrespect. I think Neil brought um, brought it down to such a levelling uh, and calming influence. It was massively. Um, I don't know. I think I think quite inspiring, really. That um, you know, people who we look up to and within the judo world and the judo gods, Jack yeah. Adams and Cooper Doyle, Danny Kingston, Rowena Birch, all had um, contributions that were were really quite um, refreshing to read, really. And they kind of, you know, regardless of what side of the fence you you sat on. Um, I think it was certainly a highlight and a talking point of the of the Tudor world within this this country at this moment in time. 
I think I've got to confess, I didn't um, stick with the whole argument. I, I, I do find that you know this. There is some great stuff that is posted on the forums. There's a lot of positive. There's a lot of people talking about results or you know kids doing really well or the changes it's made in people's lives. But there's also some stuff that infuriates me to the point of like I just can't control how angry I get at a computer screen <laughs> and I really have to hold myself back from responding for some of them and very occasionally I do and um, hopefully I've managed to keep it quite light hearted when I do but again that was it was one of the again yeah like you said like you described it one of the more Marmite uh, discussions where people had a viewpoint one way or the other and there was some quite horrible, not horrible, but old-fashioned ways of thinking, quite disrespectful ways of thinking, that kind of misogynistic ideas, you know, that just were infuriating. And again, it, I, I, the, some of the replies I saw, um, yeah, handled it really, really well. But there were a lot of people kind of jumping on that bandwagon using it as the the stick to to, yeah. to beat the establishment with, you know, for right or wrong. Whatever reason, whatever reason. Totally great, totally great. Um, but yeah, so, but it, again, it was, it, it, it created conversation in judo, so that's, to a degree, a good thing. You know, and it, and it, and it of course, that was just going to say, in a place if like the forum didn't exist, you know, kind of what would we do with our lives, I suppose? And that's the, <laughs> the, 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 the thing with it, really. You know, it's kind of um, 20, 20, sorry, James, my dog's barking here again. Um, you know, it's like 24 hours a day. What's, what's the next notification that I've got on me? On my phone, and it's, it was the Brian Jack spread again. Yeah, it's kind of totally uh, overwhelming, really. But, Sorry, James. There we go. Okay. I don't want to. If anyone listening, I don't want to make it sound like I dislike the forums. I think they're they're really great. I think they do provoke conversation. I just worry that sometimes it is a little kind of one sided and, and and can be negative. You know, there's so much opportunity there for positivity, and you see all that. But those kind of positive posts don't generate the kind of discussion that uh, you know a good pile on a good rag on the bga seems to i know seems to i think there was, there was there was what there was one weekend um and i'm not sure if it was um the coldest bronze medal at the world um but that i think you know somebody put you know well done to the coda um fantastic result and i think it had in comparison to a negative thread which was posted at the same time you know, a third of the comments really, and it's just like, oh, come on, yeah. come on. You know, the, uh, a, a girl's just achieved such a wonderful, wonderful thing in taking a world bronze medal. But actually, when you compare that to the number of bashing comments that's going on about something else, you kind of a third of the, a third of the input, and it's kind of that needs to turn on its head, really. Yeah, definitely. And um, ho- hopefully, though, we can we can start some of those conversations with with this kind of thing yeah good stuff good stuff i think um the other the other highlight for me um which we spoke a little, little bit earlier before the before the podcast in terms of abbey at uh, 66 kilos um in his match against santaraya of the world oh. i think um you know i've never 
seen such a, a world-class player in Zantaraya get thrown about as much as he did within the match. And I'm, tr- I'm still trying to suss out if it's a clash of styles, you know, because yeah. these things happen. And, you know, every every day of the week, you know, 99 times out of 100, is that going to happen? Or actually, was it just uh, a golfing in judo class on the day, really? And I think, uh, you know, I, I think the judgment's out and I, I would love to see them fight again to see what... Um, Responses that Zantarai has kind of worked on and what, what strategies he's worked on because, you know, he's a world class player and has been at that, that level for a number of years. So for Abbe to, to come and come onto the mats and create a new world order, really. I think I think that fight was, yeah, incredible. Um, but I think there was, there was two matches in that World Championships for Abbe. I think, um, I'm sure I've got. I've, got the wrong Russian but he had a similar fight against Puliev um, and I don't know if it's the round before or the round after Zantaraya and he did exactly the same kind took on this kind of world medalist yeah. this super consistent high performer and just dismantled him and, and similarly to the Zantaraya fight it reached a point where for me Puliev had been thrown so many times that you could see that he just decided to land flat on his back rather than uses reflexes to be thrown for a, another Wazari. Yeah. yeah, and prolong the, you know, it's kind the of, execution. I'm, I'm a celebrity getting me out of here, wasn't it? Yeah, really? I think, definitely. Uh, you know, these, these things, I think it was just Abbe's day, really, wasn't it? But time will tell if it will be, kind of, if he'll be able to repeat those performances time and time over, really. Yeah. Such as what Pulev and um, Lanthraia have done themselves. Yeah, of course, you know. But it's um, exciting times for Japanese judo with, with, with athletes like him in the run up to Tokyo Olympics. You know, Ono just... coming back from injury and and uh, the the female uh, Abe's sister. You know, um, exciting times. I'm I'm just so glad that they only have um, one per weight category <laughs> in the in the, in the Olympics, really. You're looking at the um, Tokyo Grand Slam results. If they were anything to know about, it'd be extremely, extremely worrying times. But I think, you know, we can sacrifice one medal per category um, and and compete compete for the other three. Really awesome. I think you're right. I think some of those divisions at the moment they look like they're all sewn up. But you know, Hashimoto lost at the weekend. Um, yeah. So it's not. The weekend, or am I talking about a couple of weeks ago? I, I know Hashimoto uh, over the weekend produced some beautiful judo. Um, I'm not sure whether they, they won it uh, come he, the end. I didn't, didn't catch the results at the end. I think, did he win it at the weekend? He he got a bronze medal a few. Oh, uh, in Tokyo, in the, the Grand Slam. That's the what Grand I'm talking Slam. about. Yeah, he Slam. took a bronze medal. I think he lost to another Japanese kid, and Odo went out in the. With struggling with injury um, early on in the day, yeah. So yeah, they've, right. they've got a third athlete somewhere there, um, you know, struggling to 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 get past the the top two. But yeah, so um, I know it's getting late when we're recording this, so I'm not going to keep you much longer. Um, but before you go, there's a couple of standard questions I'd love to ask you. Um, could you, if you're speaking to a, a young kind of judo player and who wanted to go on? be successful in his athletic career or just to enjoy his judo career, what's the, the bit of advice you'd like to pass on to them? 
Um, I think I think the the main piece of advice to me is don't buy into the weight cutting culture. Um, I think judo um, has historically um, had a culture where young people think the only way that they can compete and be at the level is to make weight. Um, and I think the science and the support and the knowledge behind that completely contradicts it. But the evidence base isn't strong enough at this moment in time for um, for young people to believe in that. And you know the the amount of former athletes that I've, I've spoken to who maybe didn't have um, eating disorders, but certainly had disordered eating. Yeah. The number of athletes that I've spoken to who would make weight by making themselves sick and things like that, um, as it's a, as if it was a norm, um, is is quite incredible, really. Um, and how they've began and, and and kind of continued down those those maladaptive ways of, of making weight and kind of but getting results at the same time, I think has been you know to the to the detriment in, of the long term health really. You know, I'm certainly one of those 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 people who made weight poorly, um, and ultimately, you when you when you stop doing judo um, and start to have a life, and you put five stone in weight on within within two years, um, it kind of it's an indication that actually you've probably not been doing things too well here. Um, you know, but I, th- I think there there are a number of other athletes um, who haven't managed it well. And I think coaches and clubs and parents um, have got such a responsibility to remain vigilant and to support children in within that. And, and I think for children, it's so important for them to be honest with the parents and honest with the coaches with regards to the weight and what they're weighing. Um, and and to, for coaches to be supportive of that, to get them into the, into the weight categories that they're likely to be in. Yeah. as a senior um, early, as, as early as possible really you know it, it's kind of especially those first year juniors um, you know and especially I think the, the female athletes who do tend to go above the weight category that they're probably going to end up falling into probably around about 18, 19 years of age before they drop back down again um, and I think so much damage can be done and I think the, the culture of judo uh, is it's all um, pushed pushed under cover, really, and I don't think it needs to be. I think I think we talk the talk about um, you know making weight the right way, but I think in, in practice, um, I'm not overly certain. I think the, the piece of advice that I would give to young athletes is to be open and honest with you, your parents and your coaches, and speak to them um, and tell them about your worries and your fears and kind of how how you feel you need to be supported, really. I think the weight question is is really important in judo, particularly with with young athletes. Um, I'm speaking as someone who's tried a stupid weight cut just a weekend ago, um, but I think it is a concern for young athletes because I think, like you say, the it's easy to spread the wrong message because there isn't that kind of um, there isn't that openness with with people talking about weight you know it's you kind of get the half truths that are passed down from or you get half a story passed down from other athletes or other coaches about what they used to do and there's there's yeah. not enough information about 
you know, the healthy approaches out there. Um, I think there's more information. I did my, my MSC a little bit on on kind of weight cutting strategies in judo oh, wow. and, and whether they're improving. And I think one of the things people were saying is there is more information out there. They, they, you know, you've got the internet. But I, there being more information out there is there is just as much bad information out there as there is good information. And it's, again, it's, it's really difficult to sift through that. Sift through it, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, th- I think what you're saying about there being that openness um, is and that, that transparency is, is really, really important. Talk to the coaches if you're worrying about it. That yeah, there shouldn't be pressures for for certainly for kids to make weight. No, absolutely incredible. It, it's just um, I think it's I think as a as an adult, you know, you're kind of going to come to make your own your own decisions. And when I talk about being an adult, I'm talking about being into the seniors and, and hopefully being into the seniors. Um, you know, there, there's so many pitfalls for young athletes to navigate through. Yeah. And making weight is is one of those, um, which can be career ending if if it's if it's got wrong at a young age. Um, you know those those teen late teenage years where we're kind of just learning about judo and just learning about training um, and kind of adapting to what's needed and kind of trying to get everything right. You know, it's it's such a challenge and it's such um, mentally torturous if you if you get it wrong really. You know, and kind of physically, um, if we if we get it wrong, it, it can be catastrophic um, for the longer term. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so moving on, last uh, last one. Um, so I, I would normally ask people to give me a couple of fights that you know really stand out for them. One that encapsulates their judo and the best their best performance, um, and then one that you know, for them really sums up, up judo. Um, a fight that really kind of demonstrates what judo is about. So I think um the you your your question there about kind of what 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 is the what fight defines judo. I think for me I've got I've got two um two experiences really. I think the 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 match between Travis Stevens and Ole Bischoff in the in London, the semi final for me, it was just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal match and, and spoke to me about everything what Juno was about. It's quite incredible because I don't think anybody scored yeah. during the contest, you know, through the golden score. Yeah, there was a little bit of needle, the, 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 the pair squared off, but I don't think that was such a, you know, it's unusual to see in Juno, but actually the, the, the intensity and the ferociousness which they were throwing the kitchen sink at each other, um, it, you know, it's it's it did spill over a touch, but the passion and the and the complete stubbornness for neither to get to to concede an inch on that map was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and there was no way whoever lost that match was going to be winning the bronze medal. Um, and and I think almost likewise, whoever won that match was going to be winning the gold medal just because of the 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 level that they took themselves to in that semi-final. Um, I think two men who just looked raw on, on, on that on that mat and, and they left every every um, aspect of the soul on, on the mat, really. And I think, for me, that 
that is just so so powerful to watch um despite there being no positive scores within the yeah. within the contest i think that's it's kind of quite perverse in some ways it's a, such an amazing match no nobody actually got thrown but i think that said more to me about the spirit of um of the judoka um than about the the sport of judo really um yeah, I think that's that's certainly one one match that, that I kind of come back to. And then I think the the other other match that I would I would content, uh, speak about is the nineteen ninety five European final between Donahue and Fazakashvili. Um I began training with Nigel um I think probably September ninety four as a fourteen, fifteen year old boy really. Um and kind of Training with training with Nigel was like ultimately a, a lot of that age. Training with somebody with the football skills of David Beckham or Ronaldo and having that access on a day to day basis. The Europeans at that stage were held over two days. Um, I think Nigel fought on the Thursday and again on the Saturday. Okay. In the first in the in the early rounds, he um, beat some good good players, the likes of Caravana, Duma, um, with some really, really nice judo, some beautiful Ashiwaza, um, a, a fantastic side sacrifice throw, which, you know, the, the, the both on, on YouTube for, the, for them, I've had a look at them kind of not, not too long ago. Just real classic um, judo technique, really. But then to come up in the final against Fantasy Ashwili, the, the Georgian, who went on to win win medals at in, in the Europeans at sixty kilos, sixty six and seventy three kilos. Um it's real high quality. Donahue um losing the match by a Yuko um and ends up doing a massive, massive um rugby tackle <laughs> for a, a Maratigari for for Ripon really within the within the final minute. And I just think that for me, um was able to show on the doorstep, you know, the the, the heights that judo can give, and it really inspired me to want to to do more judo, really. And I think um, having those experiences were just quite amazing um, to 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 watch that in in real life as with a person that you you know you you don't know too well, but you is your judo hero, and you're kind of looking up to him, and you've had that chance to train with him, you know, most days for the past nine months, and to see. His work come to fruition was a real positive experience, really. Awesome, awesome. So um, I try and get all videos of all the fights up on the website. Um, we've had we've had uh, the Bischoff and Travis Stevens fight mentioned a couple of times, so that's already up there. But yeah, I'll definitely look up the uh, Nigel and Vazagashvili and and get get their match up there if I can. I think someone's talked about Vazagashvili being an inspiration and like an incredible fighter before, but I'll, I'll I'll look out for for Nigel's fight and as well if I can get um, Abe Zantaraya and post a link to that up there as well, that'd be that would be awesome. Anyway, Chris, thanks so much for for coming on the show. I really hope we you, that you you have the time to get involved in the future. I've really enjoyed chatting to you today, and um, I think uh, I hope people enjoy it. Um, if people want to follow you, are you on social media or anything like that? 
Um, I, I'm on Twitter. I know that. I'm, I'm just trying to think of my, 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 <laughs> my, my Twitter name. <laughs> um, I think it's at Seaman Wars. Uh, or, awesome. I can never remember. Sorry about that, James. Um, we, can, we can work it out for next time. We can work yeah, it out yeah. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, but, Chris... Thanks so much for coming on, mate. Really enjoyed it. And then uh, have a great Christmas if I don't see you before you too. then. And to all uh, your family. Yeah, you too. Hopefully, we'll hear from you in the, the new year. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, um, get some nice guests to, to support your podcast with James, really. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Awesome, mate. Thanks a lot, Chris. Speak to you soon. Great stuff. Thank you. Super excited to have Chris on board, so thanks to him for getting in touch. He's got some great ideas planned for the show, so listen out for them. I want to say a quick congratulations to Ewan and Gemma, who had a baby boy over the Christmas holidays. So that's super exciting. Hope every, everything is well. And finally, yeah, um, subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher. Like and go on, leave us a review. Love getting reviews off people who listen to the show. Catch you soon.